0: For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Jesus Christ. and their families, and they travel 30 to 40 miles to meet with Paul, to pray with him, to cry with him, to express their love for him. How we need shepherds like the good shepherd and the Ephesian elders. How we need deacons. Deacons that have the heart of service that Jesus had. I believe with all my heart, we ought to have more young men think like this. My greatest desire as a Christian is to perhaps one day be a great deacon in the body of Christ. In one way, deacons don't get enough press. And to great deacons, that's okay. With them, But one of the most noble aspirations would be, one of the greatest goals would be for any young man of God is to be a great deacon in the church. And I'll tell you why. Isn't that really what the church is all about? Humble, loving service. Isn't that what Jesus was all about? Humble, loving service. Service. Oh, friends, we have a great opportunity concerning the future as it concerns the selection of leaders, and at this time, especially the selection of additional men to serve as deacons. We presently have six deacons. If you are one of those six, please stand at this time. Not only are we blessed with wonderful, godly elders. A couple of them are outside. If you're presently one of our deacons, stand. Got several guys. You guys may be seated. Thank you. But we are blessed with some unusually wonderful deacons. They're all really good, and some of them are just outstanding. They really are. Straight up, in my judgment, there are at least between two and eight younger men that can come into the service of deacons in this congregation, and I don't think anyone would complain about the majority. We have six and two to eight more men about whom few would have any criticism at all. We probably also have somewhere between four and a half dozen men who have served as deacons in times past who might be willing to do so again. To me, this is really good news. It's a fantastic Opportunity, Because you see, it's a whole lot easier to make sure that biblically qualified men who have servants' hearts and want what's in the best interest of the church, it's, it's really good to make sure we do that in the selection process now rather than have to deal with the headache of guys that are not qualified being in that position later. Deacons are the embodiment of what the body of Christ is all about. Humble, loving service. Some basic passages on leadership, spiritual leadership 101. Open your Bibles to Matthew 23, 11, and 12. Matthew 23, 11, and 12. Hear the words of Jesus. He says in Matthew 23, 11 and 12, that the greatest among you will be the one who serves, and that those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. I've been through more than one elder selection process in 40 plus years of local work. Been through a number of deacon selection times. Listen to me, y'all. Selecting church leaders is not a popularity contest. Selecting church leaders is not a political Election thing. Some guys seem to think that if their name is going to be brought forth, they need to hit the campaign trail. And how many babies can they hug? How many backs can they uh, pat on? And how many hands can they shake? Thankfully, that doesn't happen often. But if you've been a Christian, you've probably seen it happen if you've been a Christian any length in time. And I am here to tell you, That spiritual leadership is about service. We preach not ourselves, but ourselves as servants and Christ Jesus as Lord. The last thing we need is somebody who will be competing in a position of leadership for the leadership position that belongs only to Jesus Christ. And we also need men that can honor the elders. Serving as deacons. Do you hear me, church? Not about politics. It's not a popularity contest. It is about finding biblically qualified men who have the heart of a servant and who want to help the congregation in its work. All to God's glory. In Luke chapter 22, notice verses 26 and 27. Spiritual leadership at heart involves sacrificial service. How do I know that? Because the King of kings and the Lord of lords said, I am among you as he who serves. I am among you as he who serves. Luke 22, verses 26 and 27. Continue to follow with me now. I want to share with you three passages that all are 610. 610. I'll give you the book, but the chapter is always 6 and the verse is 10. But this is what to think about concerning deacons. Passage number one Matthew 6 and verse 10. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us deacons like that and the church will be blessed. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Think about how the will of God is done in heaven and deacons ought to be concerned that the will of the Lord be done similarly on earth by the people of God. Can I get an amen for that? That's Matthew 6 and verse 10. The second passage. The second passage is Galatians 6 and verse 10. Galatians 6 and verse 10. Galatians 6.10 says, As we have opportunity, let us do good to all especially those of the household of faith. Think about that in the context of those who are special servants in the church. Deacons. The very term deacon carries with it one who kicks up the dust by hastening to serve. Deacons don't collect dust. They kick up dust as they serve the Lord and have opportunity. Third, Ephesians 6 verse 10. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Here's the kind of individual that we ought to be looking for. The question is not so much, is he a man of business success? Is he a guy that is really brainy and a guy that is multi-talented? The real question is, is this guy God's man? Is he a man of character and integrity? Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. The church needs deacons. Because there are always special areas of service that need attention. The church will always need men to pay attention to these things. Now, we're going to focus on two passages this morning dealing with the role and qualifications of deacons. The two passages are Acts 6, 1 through 7 and 1 Timothy chapter 3, 8 through 13. Open your Bibles to Acts 6, 1 through 7. And as we deal with Acts 6, 1 through 7, I want to talk to you a little bit about the role of deaconing based on this passage. Let me say right off the bat that the men who are appointed by the people with the consent of the apostles, the seven that are appointed to wait tables, they are not specifically called deacons. I am very much aware of that. But I'm also aware of this. There can be little question that the work being done by these men is deacon type work. Virtually everybody agrees with that. Even if they don't know for sure whether we can call those guys deacons because can you have deacons without elders, things like that. Well, be all that as it may. No one should deny that Acts 6 is basically dealing with deacon-type work. Now, there are several expressions I hope you'll jot down in your Bible or in your notes. Expression number one, service. Expression number two, shock absorber. Shock absorber. Expression number three, spark plug. Expression number four, facilitator. I suggest that deacons are servants. Deacons are shock absorbers. Deacons are spark plugs. And deacons are facilitators. Do you hear me, brothers and sisters? More about each in a moment. Now let me describe the circumstances of Acts 6. The church is blowing and growing. The church at the beginning of Acts 6 could easily number 18 to 25,000 people. By Act 6, the numbers can easily be between 18 and 25,000 people at this very early stage. Things are going great. That tells me that even the best of churches with inspired leaders may face bumps in the road. They may face potholes in life's journey. Because when you look at Acts 6 1 through 7, the first thing we see is a problem. The church is growing, things are going great, but the problem is this. Apparently, some of the Grecian widows are being overlooked in the daily ministry market. Acts 6 1, that is a service term, it's about servanthood. The apostles are concerned about this, and I'll tell you why. Because if good ministries are not being properly tended to, the devil will certainly use that to hurt the unity and growth of the church. He'll certainly do that. The apostles initially had been handling, taking care of the widows because the money is brought to them and they were making sure how it was dispersed. But when you look at verse 2, another servant term. And verse 4, another service term. Three service terms in four verses. You think this is about serving? And do you think that there are principles about deaconing that can be derived from it? I do absolutely, even though they are not technically called deacons. They're certainly doing similar work. The apostles say it is not appropriate that we should leave the word of God and prayer to wait tables. That doesn't mean that table waiting is unimportant. It just means that one person can't do everything. And the apostles had plenty to do preaching and teaching to eighteen to 20,000 people or more, 25,000. Wouldn't you think? That now trying to take care of all these widows, they cared for them. But they knew that they needed to nourish their souls and make sure that they were taken care of in the daily ministry. So the... The problem is legit. It's legitimate. And the fact that the devil could use this to cause major rifts and divisions in the early church is certainly true. But the apostles say, select from among yourselves seven men and qualifications are given. How? That they're to be full of things like wisdom and that they're to be spiritually minded men. Seven names are brought and they are the ones appointed to serve these tables and to make sure that the widows are not overlooked in any way. And notice what the text says. It would go on to say that the church multiplies and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Wouldn't it be the best thing ever if every time the congregation, a church, faced a bump in the road or faced a pothole in the journey that we so relied on the Lord and His will that a consensus was agreed upon and the problem is solved and it results in multitudes coming to Jesus and priests becoming obedient to the faith. Now look at the four expressions I talked with you about, service. Acts 6.1, Acts 6.2, Acts 6.4, the church is about service and we will need biblically qualified men to serve in various capacities. Two specific areas the elders have made known to me where deacons are needed would be in the area of outreach into our community, community outreach and in the area of missions. Now, I believe with all my heart, we probably need more areas. I will say this for free. I know our elders, only two of them have felt a good bit of strain. Imagine the strain on their shoulders during COVID times. Amen. Did you pray for them? And are you still? One of the greatest things we can do for them is to make sure that they have biblically qualified men as deacons to get delegate responsibility to in the service of the Lord. Amen. One of the best things we can do. If we have six deacons who are all good guys, some of them are probably a little bit tired too and some of them might like to work in a different area of ministry. Maybe they ought to be given that option. But if we can come up with at least four to six biblically qualified men to serve additionally, and I see no reason biblically that we can't. Then you have an eldership that has ten to twelve deacons under them rather than six. Do you think that will lighten their load? It should. Now I want to say this. Sometimes, you know, if the apostles could try to do too much... I suspect elders can too. I say that humbly and respectfully. I know (laughs) preachers can try to do too much sometimes. Been there, done that. But when we honor God's way, the church is blessed. Some of the finest deacons I have ever known are elders. And that is the problem. Elders need to be elders. I understand that sometimes the work of elders and deacons overlap, but it must be the case that elders are concerned about direction and vision and the shepherding of souls. Deacons can be concerned about areas of special responsibility. Hear me, everybody? That will bless the elders if we get biblically qualified deacons. It'll bless them when they've had a kind of a strain the last couple of years, especially. It'll bless the church. It'll bless the cause of Christ. The second expression is the expression shock absorber. What does a shock absorber do? Smooths out the bumps. You hit those potholes and they don't—they're not quite as jarring. Deacons need to be men who can help the church by being a shock absorber. They make the the bumps kind of smoother. I don't need a deacon that's going to be somebody that's going to run to our elders and complain about something or gossip all the time. Church here, at West Side doesn't need that person. What we need are shock absorbers. And that when somebody does fall, they're willing to lend hands to lift that brother or sister. A spark plug. A spark plug. You reckon that the apostles felt a whole lot better knowing that these seven were going to wait on the tables? And that they could be free and liberated to do what they needed to do as the apostles. A spark plug. Just a spark that sets everything in better motion. Through my experience in preaching, deacons make two big mistakes. Listen, deacons. If you've been approached about being a deacon, listen. Here are the two big mistakes deacons make. Number one, they can't do what they've been asked to do. They don't do what they're asked to do. If you don't want to do what you're asked to do, then discuss that with the leaders and let them know why. And Maybe they can find an area where both there will be consensus. But deacons who don't do what they are asked to do are hurting the church, not helping. You're killing the church and not providing spark. You're making the road more bumpy rather than being a shock absorber. Is that clear enough? Everybody hear me? And secondly, the chief mistake that deacons often make is they can only do what they're told to do. When I look at the seven... Here in Acts 6, I know for a fact that two of them were such wonderfully qualified men of God that they not only waited on tables with the best of men, but they were active preaching and teaching and bringing souls to the Lord. And their names are Stephen and Philip. Philip. Often when a church appoints deacons, they find that they have appointed a Stephen or Philip type and they didn't even know it. But God did. God did. In Acts 6 a great passage? What was the last expression? Facilitator. Deacons help facilitate growth. Had it all depended on the apostles... It may have been that this bump in the road, that this pothole would have have circumvented the growth of the church for a while. But God used men with the heart of servants to continue to bless the church and they facilitated continued growth. Listen here. The best thing this eldership may do for us is give us dynamic, wonderful deacons, a number of whom will one day likely become shepherds. Can I get an amen for that? Not every person that becomes a deacon becomes an elder. Nor should they. But a number do. and i think our elders will want to do everything they possibly can to invest time in the deacons and to help them be even better in their work when was the last time you shook a deacon's hand you gave him a hug around the neck and say thank you for what you do they don't get the press Thankfully, most deacons don't care whether they do or not, but still let them know you appreciate them and love them. Amen? Because it's what the cause of Christ is all about. Now turn to 1 Timothy 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. You have the qualifications for deacons, if you count these, depending upon one count, how one counts, there are nine or ten qualifications. Let me go through each and give some additional Scripture references for most of the qualifications. Qualification number one, dignified, reverent, respectable, worthy of respect. When we talk about one who would serve as a deacon, 1 Timothy 3 begins with a word like this, Likewise, just as elders, shepherds, have biblical qualifications, so also do deacons. And respectful of God and His Word is involved in this first qualification and respectable This person lives a life that shows that they are respectful of God and His Word. That's the idea. It is always service in the kingdom of God is always a character issue. It is always a matter of integrity. If there is not character and there is not integrity, the person can be a ten-talent man, but we don't need them in leadership because leadership in the church is always about character and integrity. Is there a heart like Jesus? a heart that cares. Then you have three knots in a row. Not, not, not. Not double-tongued. He's not guilty of double-speak. He says one thing to somebody and one thing to somebody else. Prospective deacons, current deacons, Can you keep a confidence? Can you keep your mouth shut when you need to keep your mouth shut? Nobody can hurt the church more than a deacon with loose lips. Can you speak up when you need to speak up? Not double tongue because double tongue is an indication of a double mind, James 1.8. And the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And here's what we're talking about, Waylon. A man who is a man of character and integrity needs to be a man of character and integrity with his mouth. You got that? A man of character and integrity with his speech. Think about this. Let no corrupt speech proceed out of your mouth, but such as is useful to edification that it might minister, that it might serve up grace to the hearers. Deacons are around members of the church a lot. Other Christians, their speech. Matter number three, if you're following along. Not given too much wine. A deacon is a man of character and integrity as it concerns their judgment. Things like wine, like alcohol, do not impair their judgment. Here is a man who is level-headed, who is spiritually minded. That's what we're talking about. Churches tend to emphasize things in the, in the. The idea, again, is is this a man of good judgment who's level headed, clear headed, or do things get in the way of his judgment? Things like alcohol. That's what the passage is about. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Proverbs 20 verse 1, the Bible condemns social drinking, drinking parties. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 3, we want level-headed, spiritually-minded men serving as deacons under the authority of our elders, the oversight of our elders. Number next, this should be number four, should it not? If you're counting along with me, everybody with me? Not greedy of sordid gain. Not greedy of filthy lucre. One will notice that a number of the qualifications parallel those of elders. Not all of them, but a number do. Not greedy of sordid gain. Does he have character and integrity concerning money? That's the idea. It may be that deacons are going to be charged with the Utilization of funds in the Lord's work. Are they men you can count on? I find it interesting that in the time of Jesus, it's said that some of the most religious people of the day loved money, Luke 16, 14. And interestingly, who was the treasurer for the apostles? John 12, 5 and 6. Sometimes good people make some of the dumbest decisions ever. You do not want anyone you think is Judas or loving money being in a position where they're having to handle it a great deal. Deacons ought to be generous and and giving to the cause. One of the things I never cease to smile at is I preach on subjects like this, and then somebody will some, want to appoint somebody a deacon, or'll su- suggest their name, and they'll say, "Let's go ahead and maybe get the elders to talk to him, because it may help the guy to get on the ball. Well, if he's not attending faithfully and giving now, what makes us think he's going to attend faithfully and give after he becomes a deacon? Sometimes, what are we thinking? Keep looking at the qualifications next. He is to hold the mystery of the faith in good conscience. He contends for the faith. Once for delivered for the saints, Jude verse 3. He's willing to be persecuted for the faith and to proclaim it, even when it's not popular, Galatians one twenty three. He wants his manner of life to be worthy of the gospel, Philippians one twenty seven. Deacons are men of character and integrity as it concerns the faith. They may not have the knowledge base of the elders. They may not have the knowledge base of the preachers, but no one questions that they love the truth and they want to live according to the truth. That they have a clean, clear conscience as it concerns the faith. Next. Y'all following me? Should be able to. Pretty easy. Let them first be proved. Let them first be examined. The kind of persons we're looking for as deacons are people, are young men, older men perhaps, that have already been doing the will, the work of deacons just without the title. Let them first be proved. It may well be, and we've already been instructed, that by January 1, our uh, uh, submissions for deacon, those who might serve as deacons, are to be given to the elders. You reckon that Terry and Lynn will want to talk to those guys personally? You reckon they might even ask their wife to come in? The Bible does not get into great detail concerning the proving or the examination process. But practically speaking, again, guys have been doing the work of deacons. And their family is on board. And certainly the present leadership, our overseers, should kind of examine them a little more. Different churches may practice different specifics here, and we can allow some liberty, but one thing we must do is this. The text says, let them first be proved. Don't appoint them, and then let's see if they're going to step up. You appoint them because they have already stood up, and you believe that they'll continue to. Got it? Above or beyond reproach. Above or beyond reproach. In preaching on the subject of qualifications of church leaders, including those of us who preach over the years, there are some people that make it so difficult nobody could qualify. And by that I mean they would say, you know, Peter at one time denied Jesus. He can't be a good elder because he won't have a good report from them that, go, that are without, and he's not blameless. And yet, according to 1 Peter 5, 1-4, Peter, an apostle, served as a shepherd. There are other people that will emphasize some qualifications to the utter neglect of others. Concerning elders especially, this has to do with children, number, and faithfulness. The benign neglect one typically, in my experience, is can he convict the gainsayer because he knows Scripture so well? With preachers, does he have an outgoing personality? I can understand sometimes what people think. I can, and I can appreciate it to a degree. But what people need in leaders, including their preachers, are men of God who will deliver the Word of God and let the Word of God deliver them. Everything goes through God's Word when you're in leadership, most of all, the leader, the preacher, the elder, the deacon. I don't want a Bible class teacher who hadn't had the Word of God go through them, do you? Look at the passage again. The final two qualifications of deacon have to do with husband of one wife. This literally means a one-woman man. The best way to evaluate it is this: Is this man faithful and true to his wife? Does he long to have a marriage like the marriage spoken of in Ephesians five twenty-two through thirty-three? Is he that kind of married man? Faithful and true. You know what? Deacons are going to be around people, including people of the opposite sex. Are we going to be able to count on them to behave themselves? A number of our deacons work with teenagers. Can we count on our deacons to behave themselves with our young folks? And if we cannot, then don't appoint the man to work in that area. And then lastly... A deacon is a man who manages his children and his house well. That word, in a good way, in a, that word is repeated. Notice 1 Timothy 3.1. If you desire to be an elder, you desire a good work. Notice 1 Timothy 3.4. Having his family well arranged of elders. You can keep looking through 1 Timothy, you'll see it again. And you'll see it again in 1 Timothy 5 and verse 17. Let elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. But there is an emphasis on what is good and noble. A man who would be considered to serve as a deacon in the church. It doesn't mean that he's perfect. It does mean that he seeks to be a one-woman man with his wife. He loves her. And it means that he is, as the head of his household, one who has a good family Again, it's not sinless. Or nobody'd ever qualify. But a good family is what he seeks, a healthy family. Listen. The older I get, the more I believe in the church. It is better to appoint and help Ten qualified men to do the job than to try to do the job of ten qualified men. Too often we get worn out because we are trying to do something that the Lord never expected us to do in the first place. Doing too much. We will help our elders and bless them and probably give them more years of good health and time if we make sure that the men that they have working as deacons are good godly men that they can entrust greater responsibility. Amen? That's how I hope you'll think about this whole process. What an opportunity. Every step we take... As the body of Christ, every step is a step to honor and love the Lord and for His light to shine through us. May this deacon selection time be an opportunity for God to be loved and glorified and for His light to shine at Westside. Please pray with me. God, we come to you at this time and we are thankful that we could study this subject. And we believe that there are men who are qualified. We pray that they be willing and that they humbly seek to serve because they want what is best for the cause of Christ. And we pray that because of the decisions that are made here regarding leaders in the church, that the church at Westside will be blessed for years and years to come. We pray this humbly through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. It may be that there's someone here today that's not a Christian. Through faith, repentance, and baptism, one comes to Jesus. It may be that there's somebody here that's really not been much of a team player. That all the qualifications that we talked about, which are really in many ways things every Christian should be about, should embody. We want to be good people, family people, honorable people. We want our speech to be good. Sadly, not everybody in a church... Reflects, reflects the qualifications of 1 Timothy 3. May we all work together to God's glory and praise. Let us stand and sing.